Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, and this is our podcast. I married a history teacher. Lisa, give him the dish. Oh, the dish. It's hard for me not to go to our uh, most recent troll review in this explanation since he puts it so well. I think it was something along the lines that you don't teach anything new mm-hmm. and that I am dumb AF, which stands for ass fuck. I actually did want to explain that because I figured that some parents may have seen that and wondered what AF was. So for those wondering and that um, he that Steve probably uses finger puppets to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not really that far off you're not coming up with any new history as we always say we um we're tapping into things that people probably already learned or heard of at some point in high school and we just either take a different angle or just remind them of something that's kind of been forgotten yeah he literally explained (laughs) he explained our podcast just in a mean way yeah exactly like we've been saying this all along (laughs) i (laughs) I was never planning like i'm not you know reinventing the wheel here yeah exactly and i think i was very clear that I did not, I do, I know very little about history and I am learning and that I am mostly not afraid to be honest about what I do and do not know. So let's stop feeding the troll though, Lisa. (laughs) That's what he wants, right? Uh, No, he wants us to be mean back. Oh. So, so you lovely man, I wish you well on your journey through trolling comments. From your parents' basement. Uh, But anyway... (laughs) Lisa, let's get let's get down to it. Okay, yeah. just to be totally clear for those of you who have no idea what we were talking about, this is a history podcast. I'm a history teacher. I explain things to Lisa, and you as a listener are supposed to sort of remember these things from high school history as we go through them. Yep. Now, tonight we have a special episode, as always, mm-hmm. um, because it is the first in what I call, a, it's like a mini-series within the podcast that I'm going to call City Love. Hmm. Okay. okay. Now, what I want to do with City Love is I want to talk about cities that need a little extra loving, right? Okay. So places like, you know, your Detroits, your Clevelands, your Youngstown, mm-hmm. Ohio's, right? Mm-hmm. Just places that we hear bad news about all the time. Yes. But there's a reason that these cities were once these giant glorious places. Absolutely. So I want to sort of shed some light on like what made these places places special, Mm -hmm. um, what they've contributed to our society. And instead of just being sort of like a, you know, laughing stock, ha ha, Cleveland's river caught on fire. All right. We can talk about the good stuff about Cleveland. Yeah, I'm totally done with that. I think that it's completely deserved. Those places were great, still are great in many other ways. And, um, and I think a lot of them are on the come up too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, tonight, the very first episode, I don't think, is going to be a shock to anyone uh, that knows us or even knows that we podcast from the city, which is Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Yay. everyone, I need you to know something. Baltimore, Maryland is more than just what you've seen watching The Wire. It really is. I promise. Now, that's not to say that there's not that stuff going on. Um, but I don't want to focus on that. I don't want to focus on the negativity. So what we're going to do is I'm going to cover some unique hit Baltimore history, and then I'm going to like sort of cheat at the end and throw in a bunch of different fun facts and cool things about Baltimore. It's not cheating. Oh, because it's not history. Yeah, it's not like a history story. So I'm going to tell kind of the history story of Baltimore. Yeah, history leads to the present. It's fine. Yeah, all right. Okay, all right. So here's where I want to start just so people are on the same page. I'm going to get the negative stuff out of the way. The negative history out of the way, and then we're going to get into some fun stuff. All right. Okay. Now, Lisa, 1950, 
Baltimore, Maryland mm-hmm. was the sixth largest city in America wow. with a million residents. In 1950, Lisa, this is, this is a full 50 states post-World War II modern America, and Baltimore is the sixth largest city. Wow. Right? Wow. Now, it's 2018. I know where we are now. Where are we? We're 30th. Nice, Liz. We are the 30th largest city. We are down to 600,000 people, and we are one of the few cities in America that are actually, at least major cities in America, that are actually losing a population still for the last couple of years. Right. Although I will say, so our most recent population census just came out, um, and it had New York City actually is losing population this past year as yeah. well. So really, we're like, we're basically like New York. Yeah, we are New York. <laughs> actually, there's like, we have a long history and like until like the 1950s of being like second place New York on the East Coast, interestingly enough. Um, mm. And we'll touch on some of that. Okay. Um, but let's get to the fun stuff and see how we got to that point in 1950 when everything started declining. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about better stuff. All right, so first of all, let's get way back. All right, so Baltimore Town was founded in 1729 by mm-hmm. 60 rich folk, and it was 60 acres, and each one that one of them got an acre plot of land huh. on the harbor. Okay, and it was on called the, Baltimore Town. On the harbor. Yeah, the, you know, like, the natural harbor. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, just where it sticks out. Yep, yep. Yep. Now, um... They started realizing in the 1750s what they were sitting on. They were basically in this very natural deep water harbor. Um, and they started like uh, exporting a lot of wheat out of the really rich, like fertile lands of Virginia and Maryland. Okay, so that's how we started getting on the map. This is all just background stuff. Okay. Okay, so this is the start of our big port. Yes, is essentially. Shipping out wheat from Virginia and Maryland. No, no, no. From Virginia and Maryland to England. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, so, no, no. But, yeah, but, yeah. but it was being shipped out of Baltimore. Out of the port of Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to change from Baltimore town to big old Baltimore city. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the name Baltimore. Lisa, do you know where the name Baltimore came from? Uh, yes, but just because of you saying Lord Baltimore. Lord Baltimore. Mm-hmm. His name was Cecil Calvert. Yes, which is... I always thought that was strange because then I realized later that this Calvert guy, because Calvert's a name you see all over D.C. and uh, Baltimore, um, I realized that they were like Lord Baltimore was this Calvert guy. Mm-hmm. So then I'm curious, like, where did Baltimore come from if it's not if not his last name? I believe it's like in, in the phrase from England. I think there's oh. a Baltimore in England. Okay. That's what I always assume. That's how it usually is. Like how York, like New York, it was just taken from York and England. Right. I, I've just always assumed that, but uh, I'm, I hate it when you ask questions and you stump me. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But all I know is that he was his name was Cecil okay. Calvert, and he was known as Lord Baltimore. Okay. And that's why this everything around here is named after basically his family. That's why, yeah. we, like our uh, one of our Airbnbs in DC is on Calvert Street. It's yeah. the same guy. It's still Lord Baltimore. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Now. Yeah, Anne Arundel, his wife, is named the county around here. Right. Yeah. That's Arundel County, Maryland. Yeah. All right. The Maryland flag, everyone, it's not from Maryland. Picture the Maryland flag if you can. All right. It's red, white, yellow, and black. And all that is is the... It's on everyone's socks who lives in the Maryland. Yes. If you're from Maryland, it's actually legally required that you have the (laughs) tattoo of the Maryland flag somewhere on your body. 
And you have to own Maryland flag socks. Yes. It's a birthright. It really does seem that way. Um, but anyway, that is yellow and black checker is the uh, Calvert family flag, and Arundel um, is the Arundel is the red and white from the flag. Yeah, the combination makes the Maryland flag, which I've always felt was a little bit ironic because Baltimore and most of the rest of Maryland is a very blue collar place. Okay, and it's like celebrating these like super wealthy people that owned all the land, and they're all obsessed with the flag, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. Although I have to feel like that happens probably all the time. Yeah. Just in general, yeah, like, sure. you know, like rich people staking out something and then other people taking pride in what it represents. Yeah, sure. I don't know. All right, moving on. Let's go to 1770s, which is actually really good for Baltimore. This is going to help. This is going to be a big boom. Baltimoreans are going to create something called a Baltimore Clipper, uh, which is a type of ship. And it moves like super, super fast. It was the fastest moving ship at the time. Um, so they, they invented ships for, to use for, uh, out of their ports. Yeah, yeah, they designed a new ship instead of like, and this happens throughout time. Like ships change what, like the style and the build and the hull and how they're powered. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know a lot about the details of the Baltimore Clipper. What I know is its impact. Okay, because it's like the fact that Baltimore's had the fastest ships in the world is going to play a large role for about sixty years or so. And I'm going to get to some of that. Fastest ships in the world. Yeah, Baltimore, in, Maryland. The Brits named it a Yankee racehorse. <laughs> Right? God, they really do call us Yanks, by the way. It's yeah. really strange when they're yeah, like, so you funny. yank. And then the, the South starts calling Northerners Yankees, too. Yes, which is like, even more confusing. Yeah, I remember when I first, I studied abroad in Ireland was when I first heard about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait, why? I'm not a, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not and, a New Yorker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, the, it's going to be the shipbuilding business that's really going to make Baltimore a thing. It is, of course, like the main um, like place that occurs in is, is Fells Point, where if you've ever been to Baltimore, if you've ever visited, I'm sure you were at Fells Point. It's right on the water, and it was like the hub of the growth of Baltimore. Beautiful right? cobblestone, super quaint and charming. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. Now, Baltimore has a long history, like a long, deep, rich, positive history with African Americans in it. Yeah. And... This was like particularly true in Fells Point, okay? okay? Because they hired those shipbuilding companies. They hired a lot of black men. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were freed slaves, okay? And a lot of them were also actual slaves that they were hired and paid money. Now, some of you are going to be very confused by this concept, and if I'm reading my wife's face correctly, she's also slightly confused. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's like having a job when you're in jail or something. Very similar concept. Yeah. Good job. Okay. So this is like a little known fact about slavery, if particularly one you're not in the deep south. Like, but places like Virginia and Maryland, slaves actually only worked like Monday through Friday a lot of the time. Uh-huh. And then they actually had the weekends to leave the plantations. Huh. And then they could get jobs making extra money. And then after many, many, many years of doing this, they actually bought their own freedom a lot. Again, this is in the more northern states. Right, and this is going on well before the South is being asked to do anything about their slavery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what these guys were. They were working. They were called Blackjacks, which is, from what I can tell, is not considered derogatory. It was just sort of their nickname. It was all these African-American men who were building the ships and caulking. Specifically, that was their job, was caulking the bottoms of the ships, the holes of the ships and stuff like that. Okay. That was their role. And they lived in Fells Point. Or sorry, they, no, I mean the, free, the freed slaves. The freed slaves did live yeah. in and around. Now, I'm going to 
we're going to get a little bit out of like order here. But the most famous of this person uh, of these people was a guy named Frederick Douglass. Uh, super famous. I'm not going to get too much into Frederick Douglass right now. Wait, we have claimed to Frederick, Frederick Douglass? Did you not notice that last year they, there was all that, like, uh, what was it, like bicentennial Frederick Douglass stuff everywhere? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Usually I'm yeah. really paying attention to everything about Baltimore. Yeah. I, I, oops. Baltimore yeah. and D.C. both have certain claims to Frederick Douglass. Okay, maybe that was, I'll blame it on that. Yes, but um, he, his main hub, I would say, was Baltimore. Um, he, that is yeah. fabulous. Um, again, I can't get too much into Frederick Douglass. Okay. He basically becomes a consultant to Abraham Lincoln. Um, but he started off just as like a caulker in these shipyards. Um, now, let's go to the early 80s because Frederick Douglass wasn't around until like 1830s. I'm going back a little bit. Okay. Now, fun time period for Baltimore was the early 1800s. Yeah. Okay, so what's going to happen is that the Napoleonic Wars, remember, if you yes. don't know, go back, listen to our first podcast, <laughs> um, depleted all of Europe of the wheat, because that's what happens in war. Fields are burned, the soldiers need to be fed, all this stuff. Yeah. So what they start doing is the, the Europeans start buying a whole bunch of American wheat, and of course, all so much of that wheat is coming straight out of the Baltimore Point. Ports. Yeah, they got the fastest boats, and they got Virginia and Maryland. Yeah. Just chucking wheat, left right. and right. Now, shortly after... Or actually, that wheat. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited for, like, thriving Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, picture that. It feels here. really great. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's walking around town, working and stuff. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, but anyway, what's going to happen, like, Baltimore's population is going to explode, but then it's going to drop back down pretty drastically, because what's going to happen is the British... Who are fighting all these wars in Europe? Yeah, they're going to start. Um, crap! What is that word? I always mess it up. Uh, is it conscription when they take our soldiers, or they they pull over our boats and they take our sailors and they make them work for the Brits? That sounds quite familiar, but yeah, yeah I, I think it's con- conscription. I'm sorry, I'm bad with words, especially when I sound like lots of other words. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, your brain just like I'm just gonna throw so a little soup down. and uh, <laughs> come up with a new one. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, so that's going to hurt things because the United States is going to put an embargo on British goods. They're going to get pissed at the Brits for taking our sailors and say, fine, we're just not going to deal with the Brits at all. Like you can't buy British goods and the, we're not going to sell the British either. And it was embargo. And then really... It's a trade embargo. Yeah. Trade embargo that really destroyed Baltimore for a temporary amount of time. Then the... How U- much, do we know how much time? Or am I... Like a couple of years. Just a couple of years. Okay. Right? Okay. So then what happens is that uh, America starts funding privateers in Baltimore. Do you know what a privateer is, Lisa? Honestly, I don't even have the slightest guess, but I feel like they wear fancy boots. Well, no, it might be the opposite. It it does sound like they're fancy folk, right? Oh, but they're not. But a privateer is just another name for a pirate. Except they're funded by the government or supported by the government. But what they're doing is they're pirating people. They're they're going out and they're seeing a British ship and they're stopping the British ships and they're getting all their crap off of them and then they're leaving. Does the do the Brits know that those are hired by the US government? Yes. Okay. So what that happens is the Brits call them pirates, like American pirates. And but we call them privateers. Yeah. They're not pirating, they're privating. Yes, yeah, exactly. 
right? Okay, so uh, so at one point, for a couple of years there, Baltimore is considered. They call it in the London Times, Baltimore in America, a, a dirty pirate's nest. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, and, they and, didn't. They didn't keep that slogan. <laughs> no, they didn't. Baltimore has a lot, but uh, oh, we're going to get to all the nicknames. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were pirates' nest for a while, and for <laughs> visitors, uh, every year Fells Point is something called the Privateers Festival, where everyone dresses like a pirate and talks like a pirate. Do they even call it Fels Privateer? Point. I think they call it the Privateers Festival. Wow, that's yeah. very historically accurate. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, These Baltimoreans are very—they're very historic and very uh, yes. sort of patriotic people. Yes, indeed. Okay, wow. Okay, so we're a dirty pirate's nest. We're a dirty pirate's nest. And because we're a dirty pirate's nest, the Brits are going to do something. Okay? okay. They're going, when, when the War of 1812 starts, yes. they're going to send their bunch of ships to Baltimore, yes. and they're going to bomb the living crap out of Baltimore, <gasps> firing upon oh, all yes. the harbors and the I ports. Know. I know. And, I know. you know, I know. Go, tell a story. Francis ladies. Scott Key was there, and mm-hmm. he wrote about it, and that's the Star Spangled Banner. He wrote a poem called the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Which became our... Um, an anthem. Yeah, national anthem, yeah. which is set to an English drinking song, ironically. <laughs> well, maybe not. You know, no, the, it's ironic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, 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 sh- like they like, yeah. We'll take that, and shove it. Yeah, it's just a basic tune, right? So you take the tune, you add this poem. It's patriotic. It sounds great. Boom! America personified by Francis Scott Key in Baltimore, Maryland, outside of Fort McHenry, which you can still go visit today. Yes, you can. Another great, uh, great addition. Yep, yep. That's uh, all right. Good. Now, moving forward a wow. little bit. So, but like, no, hold on. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Our national anthem was born of a dirty pirate's nest. Yeah, it's beautiful though, right? It's wow. awesome. You know, it's good. That feels like American. <laughs> it does. You know, we were like a bunch of rabble rousers that started some revolution and fought people from the trees. Yeah, but also had like brilliant intellectuals that like could watch something like that and right. come up with something so epic. And don't worry, I'm going to get to the brilliant intellectuals of Baltimore as well. Oh, bring it on. Nice. Uh, we're not there quite yet, though. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Now, moving forward a little bit, we got the 1820s. Okay. Okay. Now, 1820s got a little rough. Um, Okay. What's going to happen is we are like exporting a lot of the Midwest, places like Ohio's wheat as well at this point because Ohio has now become a state. Huge fertile lands, right? We've all driven through Ohio, totally flat, just filled well, with wheat fields. Right? Not, not all. Yeah. But <laughs> if you haven't, that's what Ohio is. It's flat wheat fields. Yes. And Baltimore was exporting all that stuff. Okay. Okay. But then friggin' New York ruined it for us. Did they start growing wheat? No. Do you know what they built so they could get quick access to Ohio? A train. No. Even faster and more efficient than a train, but it's a great guess for the time period. Well, it couldn't be a plane. Or was it the Wright brothers that did it? An Erie Canal. Oh, yikes. Erie Canal is Totally never thought about that, 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 the importance of it at all. That's a tough one. I would, I wouldn't expect you to get that yeah but there's a big like i think you can make a really solid argument that the reason new york is new york in the erie canal or (laughs) in baltimore is baltimore is probably because of the erie canal that sort of solidified them as making a whole bunch more money off of shipping over baltimore wow um yeah and i'm going to get to the uh, another similarity later between baltimore and new york um that you're going to be like darn 
you know? Steelers. Steelers, right? But as a result, though, Baltimore citizens battled back, all right? And they created something, um, you know, it's a joint start company that created something called the B&O Railroad. Um, still pretty famous today. You probably see signs for it and don't really notice it. Uh, but the B&O Railroad is, it was a special train. It was the first train in the world that could go up over and around mountains instead of going through the mountains. And it was actually considered the first passenger trains. It was just passengers that they would take up into Ohio and stuff. So. But what, it, just passengers, what about the wheat? Well, that would be part of it too. But oh, now okay. the train is, po- it is possible. It wasn't just, just cargo. People are going to start using the train to take like vacations and stuff. Okay, okay. All right, so yay, Baltimore. Yeah. 1830s, we would we can't talk about Baltimore and its history without talking about this famous writer who was at least poet. Oh, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, namesake mm-hmm. of the football team, the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yes. Wacko for Flacco, hun. <laughs> um, no. Oh, not anymore. Lisa, t- gone. he is gone, but he, you know, he still served. He's still, no, it's know. true. He gets a lot he got of credit. A, he got some Super Bowls. Yep. No. Um, 1830s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Poe was a self-referred Virginia gentleman who had a special fondness for Baltimore. Who does that sound like? It sounds like you. That's right. That's me. <laughs> me and Poe are basically like the same dude. Oh, don't be so creepy, though. No, he's not. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just as emo as him, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep, same, same. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. So that's the story of Poe. For those of you who don't know, uh, yeah, Poe was from Virginia. Look, but... you're rhyming everything like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. I can't believe I didn't notice mm-hmm. before. He was uh, from Virginia, but he loved Baltimore. So he lived in Baltimore for a while, and whenever he was traveling, he would stop in Baltimore, and he was like a horrible drunk, so he would get drunk in Baltimore until the last time he got drunk in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So the last time he got drunk, and he died. Yeah, he died on the cobblestone streets near Fells Point. He or did. Or in Fells Point. Yeah. Like in a gutter. Yeah. Yeah. certain crazy. pub, the, uh, what is it, the... Your Horse Saloon or something like that? We've never actually been, because I don't buy that it was the last place he was drinking. It just seems very, you know, touristy to me. So I I don't Uh, know. But maybe it's great. I don't know. I shouldn't say bad things. I haven't been there. Okay, so it's just like a rumor that that's happening? You know the phrase like, like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on? It's like part of it. I think it's the horse you rode in on saloon. Yeah, that sounds right. And that was the last place he was drinking. Yeah. In theory, but you sound like it's not very definitive. You know, I don't know. Okay. I just believe it as a tourist trip. Maybe I'm wrong again. Oh, you're talking about the restaurant itself? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about this, the history story. Of- no, no, no. That is absolutely true. Oh, yeah. getcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the, this, the story of Poe's life. And remember Croatoa from the Norfolk Island episode? I do. Remember? There's a, there's a legend that the last thing he said before dying was Croatoa. Yeah, cause he, but because he was obsessed with that story. Right. Yeah. We'll never know, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on, skipping from the 1830s to the 1880s, you are going to see massive migration to the city of Baltimore. Have you ever heard of Ellison Island, Lisa? Ellis Island? Yeah. yeah. Did I say Ellison? You said Ellison. You Have were you... combining Ellis and Allison. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Ellis Island? Yes, of course. That's in New York, though. It is in New York. Have you ever heard of Henderson's Wharf? Oh, man. Did, we, did they still are the immigrants, too? Yeah. So Henderson's Wharf is 
Baltimore's Ellis Island, and it is the second biggest port of entry for immigrants in America, but no one's ever heard of it because Ellis Island has more. Well, the Statue of Liberty probably doesn't hurt either. It's a little more iconic than anything you see pulling into the Baltimore Harbor. uh, But they sent it there. They could have sent it to Baltimore. New York didn't have some special claim on it, right? It was just France's gift to us. Yeah, but that was after New York was already more established than us. They had already created the Erie Canal. Suckers. Sad. I know. I mean, we're the suckers. Right. Um, but anyway, you're going to see a lot of European groups come to Baltimore. Lisa, name some of them because you can tell just from walking around Baltimore who the big European groups are. Yeah, there's a lot of Polish. A lot of Polish. Um, Greek. A lot of Greeks. Um, I mean, Jews in general, from, yeah. which are from all over places. The place. and yeah, others. all over. Like, but yeah, yeah. There's a, Russian, there's, uh, Lithuanian, like really all the Eastern European. Lithuanian, groups. Ukrainians. Yeah. 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 One thing I really love about Baltimore, Lisa, mm-hmm. you walk into a, what claims to be a Polish shop yeah. in Baltimore, mm-hmm. the people running the shop are going to be freaking Polish, man. Yes. They're still, yes. They still have accents. Like to the, yes, like real accents. Yeah. 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 You walk into a Polish shop in D.C., you're going to have some pissed off Virginia Tech graduate working there as he's also doing like a free internship somewhere. So he's working at the Polish sausage shop to... You know, make ends meet. Yeah, it's a great story, but you can't even walk into a Polish shop in D.C. I've tried. I mean, my <laughs> friend was really craving Polish food one day, and I was like, "Oh, I'll try to find you some." And like, there is not a thing. And so, yeah, Baltimore really has that on on D.C. Is that old Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Sarah Kay. <laughs> Yeah, but the downside of that immigration is what's going to happen is all of the blackjacks working in the uh, shipyards. Yeah. They're going to start losing their jobs to the um, white European immigrants. Because they're willing to work for less? Yeah, and just because, you know, I mean, that, the nature back then was like you, you could hire a white guy, you hire the white guy. Uh, um, cool. And then violence broke out among the groups, which was really common whenever there was mass migrations and jobs being threatened and stuff like that, violence would break out, and eventually what's going to happen is the police officers, who are mostly white, and a lot of them became Europeans. Um, became Europeans? Well, sorry, a lot of um, immigrants got police jobs. Yeah. So the police are going to start siding with the white immigrants over the black worker, and you're going to kind of see that whole legend and um, great sort of uh, opportunity base for black men in Baltimore is going to sort of dissipate with this mass migration. Okay. Does that make sense? You're, yeah. you're confused. No, no, no. no please. Uh, yeah, which is the downside of it. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Now, I'm going to end most of the history of Baltimore here because once we catch up to sort of the 20th century, it's, going to, it's not very unique anymore. It becomes sort of the same story of most struggling cities. Okay. So you have World War One in the early 1900s, which is followed up 10 years later by what, Lisa? World War II. Well, no, that was 30 years later. Oh, sorry. Uh, 10 years after World War One. Oh, the Great Depression. Yeah, 15, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. 15 years if you're going to nitpick me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After World War One comes the Great Depression, which is really hard on Baltimore as it was on all places. Yeah. So uh, rough then. But sorry, just to clarify, World War One was bad for Baltimore. No, no, no. That was okay. just a point in the time. Okay, okay. 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 
Um, what was, you could argue, bad for Baltimore, and now we're back up to the starting point that I was talking about, which is the 1950s. Mm-hmm. So after, like five years after World War II. Mm-hmm. Most of America, for various reasons, rebounded really well after World War II. And that can't be, that's not true of, of Baltimore anymore. They're going to start struggling um, to maintain a lot of these sort of factories that were built with the war efforts and stuff like that. Um, and then what's really going to hurt Baltimore is the same story. We hear it all the time. Decline of the metal, the steel industry mm-hmm. in America because Baltimore was not only producing it, but we were exporting America and yeah. America's steel. So it's going to yeah. kind of hit us double. double. Yeah. yeah. It's two um, industries. Yeah. You're going to see... Um, a really bad white flight in Baltimore. Yep. And then particularly once the residents leave the city and they go to the county, they're going to vote to stop paying taxes to the city. Right. A lot of cities, the suburbs are going to pay into the city because that's why the suburbs are there. Right. Right. The, the economic hub. Yeah. yeah. So they pay for the development of the cities. Well, Baltimoreans are going to stop doing that. It's the same thing that happened in Detroit. It's the same thing, I believe, St. Louis yeah, did the same thing. Yeah, it definitely happened in St. Louis, yeah. Um, and it's like, so when this happens, it's like really terrible for cities. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a shame. Um, absolutely. Um, and that's sort of how we got to the sort of the negative re- reputation of that Baltimore has. And it's it's not unique. You know, it's we're going to hear that again in more City Love episodes, that, that okay. same pattern, right? Yeah. But remember, this is supposed to be about positive stuff. It's positive stuff. All right. So positive. I'm going to end by giving us a bunch of fun little tidbits and more famous people from Baltimore. Okay, great. And I will also just say that Baltimore's industries of uh, education and medicine are both thriving and doing really well right now. So they've kind of found other other niche areas. That is very true. We are we are on the come up. Mm-hmm. Also, thank you Under Armour. <laughs> and Under Armour. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone go buy some Under Armour. <laughs> yes, please. Um, fun side notes. Lisa, okay. Baltimore has a pretty famous sort of mid-sized venue. You know what it's called? Power Plant Live? Yeah, Power Plant Live, right? Mid-sized music video. Venue, <laughs> not video, venue. All right? Yeah. That is an old warehouse that was turned into a music video. God, <laughs> God bless. Old warehouse from the power plant turned into a music venue. Lisa, guess what year that happened? That it was t- that it turned into what it is now. Yeah. Um 2005? Right. You think 2005, right? Because that's like a classic like millennial shit right there. You take all these warehouses and you turn them into other things. That happened in 1773. What? Power Plant Live has been a venue since 17th, before the American Revolution. Wow. Well, they must have had pretty good acoustics and they didn't have (laughs) all the technology. Yeah, and I guess they moved the the power plant upstream or something because I don't know why they'd lose one of their warehouses that early on. Um, More fun facts. You ready, Lise? Mm -hmm. You were just touching upon this. In 1840, the first dental school in the entire world Mm. built in Baltimore. Hmm. Is it, is it Hopkins? Would it be? Hopkins? It wasn't Hopkins. It was um, part of the University of Maryland, actually. Yeah, that seemed to make more sense. But then, I was one. I thought maybe that would have made Hopkins what it was like, because so, it's such an institution now. So I thought maybe if they were like the first in on the dental scene, that propelled them to like being one of the top universities in the country. All right. Well, but no. Okay. So University of Maryland. University of Maryland for sure. For uh-huh. sure. Okay. Um, 
is going to be the first time we are going to see Ray's telegraph wires is going to be from Baltimore to Washington, D.C. It's going to change communication in America. Once we master it between D.C. and Baltimore, we spread them all over the place. (laughs) Huge, very influential move. And who knows? Maybe it'll be the first time we have a maglev train in America. It might be the first time we have... um, Hyperloop? The Hyperloop. Yes. Yes. Right now it's looking like just an underground tunnel for self-driving cars that go around 150 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. But maybe that infrastructure could be used for like a really super duper fast train at one point. And then the maglev, are we assuming everyone knows what the maglev is? No. You want to explain the maglev? Um, I don't even know much about it. Just that it's a Japanese invention and it's an extremely fast above ground train that uses some kind of. I think, was it magnetic technology? It's magnetic levitation. Magnetic Maglev. Magle- oh. And didn't, didn't piece that together. Yeah. So I'm basically a scientist as well. <laughs> I cover all the subjects in yeah. high school. Yeah. Cross-curriculum education. Yes, yeah, so you that taught me that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole point there is that it moves super quick because there's no friction because there's not anything touching anything. Yes. It's like hovering above the ground. Right, right, right. Friction slows down trains. Yes. How do they get... Momentum. Do they have like little jets on the back, like a rocket? Oh man, I never even thought about that. Because it must be like a situation. Yeah, it's got to be a big situation. Or, or maybe the magnets just start moving in a certain way, right? And then yeah. they once they get all that momentum from the lack of friction. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do they? Yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Some people, not all Baltimoreans, want that stuff to come, so we're not going to praise it too heavily, but it is on the table. Well, I think it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would like to see the development as well, but yeah. we are not everyone. Yes, that's we're, true. Uh, we're pretty new to Baltimore, so. That's yeah. true. Yeah, we, we, we try to respect that. Yep. Um, now, the first Washington Monument built in Baltimore. Yes, it's beautiful. It There's is. a quote about it, actually. This Washington Monument that's in Baltimore, it's in the neighborhood of Mount Vernon, which is a gorgeous neighborhood that's actually gone through some really amazing recent uh, local restoration efforts from the people that live there. And there's a quote about the main town square there, and it's, um, shoot, I have no idea who to attribute it to, but um, it just said that this is the most beautiful town square in all of America. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. really sweet. Lisa, do you know why in a place that they put the first Washington Monument they called the neighborhood Mount Vernon. Um, something with a battle, perhaps? No. No? Mount Vernon was the name of the compound that George Washington grew up on in Virginia. Oh. Uh, so there's a Mount Vernon, Virginia, and a Mount Vernon in Baltimore, where the Washington Monument is. They named the neighborhood after him as well. Wouldn't that be weird if you like, just moved somewhere else in the U.S. and they're like, we're going to name this false church after you. And you just got another city named after your original city. Yeah, but I said that weird. Americans do that all the time. They're always naming cities after ever cities. Yeah, I guess. Portland, that's Oregon is named after Portland, Maine. Yeah, they really didn't. They did, did not work. They didn't think that through. Also, we keep talking. Cause about, I, oh, because yeah. I actually just heard a story about this. Um, my my dad knew someone who bought flights to Portland, Oregon, thinking they were flying to Portland, Maine for a wedding. Got mm. on the flight. And then found out. And had to fly all the way there and all the way back. And I was just like, you know, maybe this worked when they were smaller, but then they both became like hipster paradises, and that's yeah. just a recipe for, you know, getting on the map. They both really are 
some great cities. They are. They Let's are. give a shout out to our friends in both cities. Okay. Shout out Diana, shout out Lem, um, and shout out Dom's in Portland. Oh, yeah. Portland, he definitely Maine. doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Dom's will start listening. All right. <laughs> we'll tell him, you know, we were talking about Portland and <laughs> that it's a hipster beer paradise, and, and he'll get on it. <laughs> also, if you go through Ohio, Ohio is so funny to drive through because other than their, like, major six cities, everything else is named from something somewhere else. Like, Toledo is really Toledo from Spain. There's, like... Like, two of my best friends are from Poland, Ohio. Uh, there's just every possible name. It's a very cosmopolitan state. Yeah, right. So you got... Strictly you got, from a native perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go over all of the nicknames that Baltimore has. Okay. This was a fun exercise. Okay. We got Mob Town, Monument City, mm-hmm. the city that reads, Jeez. the greatest city in America. That's on all of our benches. It is. <laughs> Smaltimore. The land of pleasant living, and my personal favorite that I think is probably the most accepted, which is Charm City. Charm City. Now, I love that we have all these nicknames, these mostly positive nicknames, but the story behind the vast majority of them is pretty boring. It's basically just like politicians and like mayors that tried to like make us sound more appealing so people would come. Um, Oh, well, (laughs) I appreciate the effort. Right. The only kind of fun one is Mob Town in... We earned that nickname from literally having lots of mob-fueled riots. Oy. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping that one wasn't as bad as it, it sounded. It is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, Baltimore has a pretty long history of starting riots. So, mm-hmm. hence mm-hmm. Mobtown. Mm-hmm. New brewery coming called Mobtown Brewing. Oh, yeah. It just opened yeah. on Friday. Oh, it did already open. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Let's check it out. Oh, absolutely. Maybe yeah, this weekend will. even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The world's our, mm-hmm. it's our brewery. Yes. I can't tell. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. moving on. More fun facts about Baltimore. Yeah. The most decorated Olympian in the history of the Olympics was born in Baltimore. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, baby boy. <laughs> There's a huge image of him overlooking the harbor. As there freaking <laughs> should, man. The Olympics have been going on for literally thousands of years. Oh, at least it's been thousands of years since the first Olympics. Okay. They haven't been running continuously. Okay. But as far as we know, he's won eight, 28 gold medals. It's the most gold medals of anyone in any sport from any country. Whoop, whoop. Michael Phelps, baby. Baltimore. Um, another great athlete we have to talk about. Lisa, who's the most famous baseball player of all time? Um, Babe Ruth. Nice. Babe Ruth, born in Baltimore, born in Picktown. Yeah. His place is right around the corner from one of our Airbnbs. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. Uh, his museum is, uh, his old house is now a museum called the Babe Ruth Museum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lisa, I'm going to take a sidebar fun fact about Babe Ruth. Okay. I'm not going to say he's the best baseball player of all time because I don't want a bunch of my baseball nerd friends calling and yelling at me about, like, well, you know, back in time and relative to the competition, it was like, oh, shut up, Louie. Um, <laughs> he was like a really, really good baseball player. But what he really was, the effect, Im- like the impact of Babe Ruth, is that he was considered by many historians to be the first modern-day celebrity. Wow. He was extremely highly paid. He was an entertainer, not like a politician. Like, you know, <laughs> he was almost more famous than the president. He made more money than the president. Um, and all he was really doing was going around, you know, hit- hitting balls with a club, you know? But when you say entertainer, you're just referring to his sports, or was yeah, he also kind of like a showman? No, good God, no. He was a big, fat drunk. 
Oh. Uh, but he, okay. man, could he hit some dingers. <laughs> right? Unfortunately, he never played for the Orioles. Um, yes. Played for the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yes. Freaking, of course. Schrader. Uh, well, well, he, didn't, the he didn't get to choose where he went. Right, right. Still, I feel like yeah. Baltimore deserved him. So next time you go to Camden Yards, which is one of the most beautiful parks in um, America. It's beautiful. Uh, go check out the Babe Ruth Museum, too. It's right around the corner, super close to the stadium. Um, now, next, we got a man. Amen. I'm not going to tell you his name because you're going to have to guess his man. Okay. He started America's first research university. Okay, that's Hopkins, right? That is a guy named Johns Hopkins, yeah. Baltimorean. Uh, he then, of course, created the school, John Hopkins University, mm-hmm. and now Johns Hopkins Hospital. Yes, one of the best hospitals in the world. One of the best hospitals in the world. I think you can make a pretty good argument that Johns Hopkins University is at least one of the best universities in America. Yes, yes. But probably the world, too. Definitely. Probably the world. It's a really, really good school. Yep. We know some very special people that went to that school. We do. We know who you are. Um, and we know some very special people that also work for the hospital. Shout out, Dr. Blair. Oh, yes. Hello. Um, and I want to end again by going back to our rich history of African Americans in Baltimore. Okay. Okay, talk about a few of them here. Mm-hmm. Billy Holiday. Yes, I knew that one. Very famous jazz singer. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Billy Holiday's a female jazz singer. Mm-hmm. Billy yes. I.E., not Billy with a Y, short for William. Mm-hmm. And, fun fact, Baltimore just had a, a new jazz club open. With a Michelin star chef for their for their food. Shut up. Yeah, in the in the Harbor East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish it was a place with a little more soul. But, you know, <laughs> I know. I'll take it. I'll I still take it. yeah, I still take it. Sounds cool. Yeah, All right, I, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Billy Holiday is most famous for her rendition of. Um, I, I, maybe she's not. Maybe not the most famous, but her rendition of "Strange Fruit" is a very famous. Oh yes, and yeah, and Kanye West made a song sampled about that. it. Yeah, yeah the "Blood on Fruit. the Leaves" song. Yeah. yeah, you know a weird, a weird fact about that song. Hmm. That was originally written by a white dude from New York. Huh. He saw a picture of like a the aftermath of a mob lynching of like a black man in Louisiana, and mm. was so appalled by it that he wrote like a. Wow. Like one of the most influential, like you know, anti, like racist behavior things ever written. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Wow. But Billie Holiday probably you can make a huge argument really made that song famous. Right, right, for sure. Um, Thurgood Marshall is a Baltimorean. Yes. Hence BWI Airport, yes. also being known as Thurgood Marshall Airport. Do you know what do you know about Thurgood Marshall, Lise? Just the airport. Just the airport. <laughs> Literally. Sorry. <laughs> First African American Supreme Court Justice. Oh. Yeah. That's lovely. Went to Howard in DC. Mm. Um, made it onto the Supreme Court, and he was also a big influential part of a super famous court case that ended segregation called um, Brown versus Board of Education. There you go, Lise. Okay. Yeah, Brown versus Board ending segregation. I got n- nervous because I thought maybe there was one separate for schools versus 
segregation in public spaces. That is, there's actually lots, of, lots of other Supreme Court cases and even laws and executive orders that ultimately had to end real like segregation. Mm-hmm. But the big one, the big milestone one, is Brown versus Board, which we should probably also do an episode just on Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus Board. Okay. Um, so we won't get too much into that. And then finally, because I'm just because I'm going here and in uh, chronological order, at least have you ever heard the name? Reginald F. Lewis. Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. I'm not sure. So he is the first African American to start a billion dollar company in the United States. He's okay. a Baltimorean. Oh. Started in the 1880s, and I believe it became worth a billion dollars in around 1990. Sorry, did I say 1880s? 1980s, and then mm. by 1993, the company was worth over a billion dollars. And it was interesting. It was called TLC something, and it was like a giant food conglomerate. They sold a bunch of food brands and stuff like that. That, you know, poor guy, first black billionaire ever, he died of a heart attack at the age of like 57. Oh, that's a shame. That's sad. Although I is, like I hard, I find it really hard. This this might be wrong, but I find it really hard to say nice things about billionaires because I automatically assume a billionaire has done some shady things. But, you know, I could be wrong. I didn't really look too much into him. I just think it's a really good I don't know. Thing. Like, are you – this? sorry, this was as recent as 1980s. Yeah, 1980s. I feel like 1980s. it's like it, less shady things happen now than they did, like, back in the day when they were, you know, like you taught me with planned obsolescence with light bulbs and stuff. You couldn't do that now. Oh, so they're doing it, all the time still now, though. That was my point. You were paying attention to the light bulb thing. I was paying attention. I, <laughs> I just mean – yeah, okay, that was a very bad example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I feel like also in that episode we were just talking about in general back then it was just much more difficult to be caught for a crime. Sure. So that's all I'm saying is like more recent billionaires. I don't always assume that. I think back in the day, they did some they did some shit. Yeah. Some shady shit. Yeah. Um. Yes. So all great things that Baltimore has done for our country and for the development of our country, and I like to say it's the city that exported America. You know what I mean? Um. Before you sign out of here, Lisa, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What is your three favorite things about Baltimore, Maryland? Go. Oh, um, number one, definitely the people and their attitude. Um, everyone is incredibly laid back and kind um, and really loves the city and appreciates the city and fights for the city um, and like cares deeply about everyone that lives there. Um, so definitely that's number one. Um, number two... Um, the establishments and it's just, you, you get such an eclectic mix. You could, if you want to go to like a really nice fancy, like seafood dinner or really anything, you can get that in Baltimore and, and do something really, really, um, high end. Um, they had, they have so many different ethnic options. Um, they also have like a lot of great dive bars with a ton of character that like really kind of date way back. That sometimes I'm in places and I'm like I feel like I'm in another decade in like a very good way. Um, I really appreciate that um, about Baltimore and like the corner sidebars and whatnot. Um, and then, I mean, I guess just like the the culture and the arts. Um, so many creatives in the city. Um, the city does kind of, you know, if, if you are in a position to have resources, um, the city does kind of feel like a playground almost like anything seems possible. Nothing, you know, like it's affordable and, um, 
and people are, you know, it's just an eclectic place. So it really just feel like if you can dream it in Baltimore and you're willing to work hard enough, you know, you can really see some things come to life. Um, and so that's my three things about Baltimore. That was really lovely, Lisa. I think a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, that was a really sort of poetic take on it all. You know, it was really deep, nothing shallow, like, you know, like... The crabs. <laughs> I like the crab! <laughs> but the crab is pretty incredible. <laughs> and, uh, it's a great part of Baltimore culture is the crab and the nature of sitting around eating crabs for hours. I do love that part yes. about it. And I also just say it's a beautiful city, too. I didn't mention anything about that. But um, obviously there's struggling areas and there's a lot of need. But there are some the, the architecture and like the greatness of you know all these different booms and busts that you just described. It's you see it, you can mm-hmm. see it, and uh, it's quite cool. And the water is gorgeous. So, I really do think that there's a lot of truth to the nickname Charm City. There's oh, yeah. so many charming brick buildings everywhere and warehouses charming people and stuff. And just uh, yeah, it, you know you feel comfortable there. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate that. Come visit, move there, yeah. invest in it. Be Do friends it. with Lisa and I. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. All right. I think we're going to start wrapping up here, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. We've had a good long... This is a long sesh. Uh, it's not that long, is it? I don't know. Like we said, this counts in seconds now, and we can't do the math quick Yeah, enough. it's tough. <laughs> we'll find out after. Yeah, we we'll find out end. soon, though. <laughs> um, but I will say, I'm going to give you a drink recipe right now. All right? Go get yourself a pint glass, fill it up with ice, pour in some vodka, Sprites, and then fresh squeezed orange juice. Make yourself an orange crush, the unofficial drink of Baltimore. Go put on a, a, a you know a playlist of snail mail and Y Oak and Animal Collective and who am I missing? Beach House. Oh yeah, Beach House. Go put them on. Great indie bands, all from Baltimore. Um, and yeah. Enjoy. I'll probably sign us. I'll probably play us out with a little Y Oak, my favorite indie song out of Baltimore. Mm. But uh, my name is Steve, and I'm a history teacher. And my name is Lisa, and I married him. <laughs>